Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Fleming. Before we dive into our next episode, which is really great, by the way, you're not going to want to miss it, I want to tell you about a brand new tool that we just created for you and your children. It is a tool to use at the end of every day uh, to get your kids talking about their day. There's a preschool version with images and magnets and, and things that will help them express what actually happened in their day if they're, if they're a little one in your family. And then the tool becomes more advanced uh, as your child ages up so there's an elementary version as well and here's the goal of the tool the goal of the tool is for you to be able to create a very kid friendly practice in your home where you are just slowing the day down where you are taking a pause where you are hearing about their day and you're creating space for them to unload and tell you how they're feeling about what's happening and then we want you to take it one step further we want you to begin to pray with your kids about their day not only do we want you to, pro- to provide your listening ear and your loving heart and, and your encouragement and your advice but we want you to begin to teach your kids how they can turn to their Heavenly Father and that he cares about what's going on their day and that he is there and ready to help. So I hope you really enjoy the product. If you want one and you attend one of our area churches, we're going to be handing them out all over the place. If you live a little further away, check out the show notes for how you can get one in an area near you. Okay, so we're going to jump in. I'm about to interview Erin Nicholas. She is a uh, certified therapist in our area. She specializes in play therapy. So this interview is going to be focused towards your, your children and the younger age group. And we are specifically going to be talking about communication, how to have great communication with your younger child. Here we go. Today we're talking about communication, and one thing I know for sure is that healthy and open communication will lead you to a stronger bond with your child. And I am excited to welcome Erin Nicholas to our interview today. Thank you so much for having me, Kendra. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I know uh, you have a new little one in the house and you didn't get a lot of sleep last night, but (laughs) thank you for joining us this morning, and I know our parents are really going to love this conversation. So Erin is a licensed professional counselor uh, with a lot of experience in play therapy. So today we're going to talk about communication, how to get our younger children to open up and talk with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family and about what you do. Sure. Um, so like I said, or like you said, my name is Erin Nicholas. Um, I am born and raised here in Georgia. Um, um, I've been attending North Point for about 10 years now and live at home with my husband of almost five years and our 11-month little boy named Evan and our dog Lucy. Forgot, can't forget about her. Um, Professionally, I am a licensed professional counselor and a registered play therapist over at Sunshine Child and Family Counseling. Um, And with my work, my primary focus is children elementary aged and under, as well as their parents. So I work on a wide range of issues, whether it's anxiety, stress, which is really big right now, obviously, Um, you know, school-related issues, parent-child relationship issues, um, you name it. If it's child-related, that's pretty much what I focus on. Yep. And we've talked with you before and you've actually trained some of our staff before. Mm-hmm. Like your expertise is so helpful to us. So thanks for joining us today. You're very welcome. So as I was a kid growing up, which, you know, I'm 50 now, so that was a while ago. But as I was a kid growing up, I used to hear my dad sometimes say children should be seen and not heard, which, of course, we clearly know that is not true. Children need to be heard and oh, yes. need to express who they are. And my that 
didn't really play out actually in my childhood, but I just remember that saying. So why do you think communication is so important for children and families? So when it comes to relationship and bond and connection, Mm -hmm. communication of some form is essential, right? Communication is how we express who we are. It's how we express what's going on with ourselves, whether it's with words, body language, with children. It's often through play and activity. Um, Play is really how we, sorry, well, play is how children communicate, um, but communication is how we connect. Um, Even with, you know, infants, so my son is 11 months old, um, you know, he's not verbal yet saying dada, yes, um, and blah, blah. Those are his two favorite (laughs) words at the moment. But we still communicate through eye contact, through, you know, tickles and through snuggles and playtime. And that is the way that we connect with each other and form that strong, healthy relationship. So how do we help children feel safe? And how important is it that children feel safe to express themselves? I, I agree, young children you almost can't miss like their frustration or their sadness or, you know, all of those things or their joy. Um, But why do you think it's important that we create a safe place for kids to communicate? Right. Those big emotions are definitely, you know, easy to see. It's the more subtle ones that we may not quite notice all the time. But safety is going to be really important because a child needs to feel safe and secure in order to open up and to feel heard. Um, and the, the more we can send the message to our child, I hear you, I understand you, I care, the more likely they are to open up and share, or if it's not sharing, it may be showing through play, showing us what's really going on in their world. So that safety is paramount in them feeling comfortable enough to let us into their world and see what's going on. So I know, uh, even as adults, you're never like done working on your communication skills. Uh, Sometimes we have more work than we think we do, right? Especially when we get married and, uh, you know, start raising teenagers and all those kinds of things. Uh, We realize communication, how important it is. But can you talk to parents a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, thinking about what you see in your practice, what are the mental health benefits to our children and to the members of our family when we have strong communication skills? Right. So, you know, when a child feels safe enough to open up, when communication is solid and there, they are going to open up. They're going to share with us what their struggles are, what their difficulties are. Um, You know, when, when we are able to talk or play out or share our struggles as a child, that really helps them to sort, organize, and process their experiences. And that alone can be very healing and a way of coping with, you know, what's going on in their world, whether they're stressed over school or they're scared of the dark, whatever it may be, that ability to express is healing and cathartic and frankly a really awesome coping skill bottling it up typically just leads to the explosive meltdown later but if they can share or feel comfortable sharing that meltdown is much less likely to happen because they have gotten it out of their heads out of their hearts and put it out there yeah i love that and i love that even starting really young, it starts teaching them the coping skills because things are going to go wrong. Things are going to be stressful. Uh, Things are going to be hard or sad or overwhelming. Like we can't avoid all of those things. Uh, But communication definitely gives them a path for learning to cope with those things. So, okay. So what is the best way to get our kids talking? Like, is it to ask them a lot of questions? How do we get our kids opening up and talking and kind of beyond the one word answers? Right. So this is one of my favorite things to actually teach parents. Our natural inclination 
is to ask questions, right? How was your day? What did you learn at school? How was your play date? Um, and questions are not bad necessarily, but as a child, um, questions tend to shut a child down because they send the message that uh, they don't know, right? But when your you know, third grader gets in the car, sits down and goes, ugh, and we ask, what's wrong, right? In their little minds, it's like, um, hello, do you not see how frustrated I am, <laughs> right? That's why I said we need to listen with our eyes and our ears. Rather than ask the question, we need to notice out loud, ugh, looks like you had a really rough day, or sounds like today was difficult. By simply reflecting what we see or noticing out loud is kind of the phrase I use a lot with parents. We are sending the message, I see what's going on. And no, we don't have all the details or why they had that rough day. But when we make that reflection, it's like we are opening the door, mm -hmm. right? And allowing the child to share what they want versus asking the question that essentially almost demands a response, yeah. right? So when you ask, how was your day? You get, fine. What'd you learn? I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> you know. So when we just simply reflect or validate what we see, a child feels heard mm -hmm. and seen, and they're much more likely to open up. And sometimes you get more detail than even you wanted. Yeah. Sure. It's like the, the words just start flowing <laughs> at that point. All right. I love what you said about listening with your eyes and your ears. That's so important. And I mean, honestly, your eyes, your ears, your heart, all your senses just kind of tuned in. Um, and noticing out loud, that is such a great phrase and such a great tool for parents, like to verbally reflect what you're seeing and respond to what you're seeing. Instead of putting all the pressure on them to uh, name it, notice it, unpack it, all, all of those things. So um, another thing I want to talk to you about is how do we help kids like solve problems or find peace in the midst of what they're feeling or what they're dealing with or something that happened to them that day? Um, I know sometimes my tendency is to solve it for them, to like quickly give them advice and lead them in a direction. But I, I know that's not good, especially not good for their always for their future skill set of solving those things for themselves. Right. So um, what advice do you have around that? So when it comes, you know, I think, again, a natural inclination as a parent is mm -hmm. to want to go into fix-it mode. Yeah. We want to, you know, fix it for them, make it better, kiss the boo-boo, and everything goes away. Right. But at the end of the day, children have to learn how to brainstorm, how to problem solve. So really, though, the first step is not to, I mean, I love the idea of brainstorming, but the first step is not to jump into, okay, let's figure this out together. Mm -hmm. The first step is actually to simply be present and listen and validate. Children, again, they need to feel heard. And so when we simply listen to what they have to say, validate their emotions, even if we don't approve of the behavior, that's a really big deal. A lot of parents struggle with, you know, if the behavior was, I say, wrong, um, okay, but the emotion is always valid. Feelings are never wrong. But for children, when we can validate those feelings, that will often <sighs> calm them down, 
relax them a little bit. And at that point, when their emotions aren't quite as intense, they then have the ability to access that problem-solving part of their brain. Um, I often educate parents about the brain and how we've got, you know, a, a more logical, rational, problem-solving side. And then we have a more um, emotional, irrational side of our brain. And for children, they're still learning to connect those two. So when emotions are high, they really struggle to access that problem-solving side of their brain. And so as a parent, we want to fix it for them. But if we can help them settle, if we can communicate that we understand, we hear them, we can give them some of those feeling words, they can often calm themselves enough and probably figure a lot of this stuff out themselves. Mm -hmm. And when in doubt, okay, let's brainstorm. Let's share, you know, childhood stories of our own, but let's brainstorm and let them then decide how they want to proceed. Yeah, I love that. So what about the parent who feels like, oh, we're struggling with communication? And, you know, it's always a two-way street. So maybe the parent feels like I move to fix it too fast or I get upset or angry or stressed or I minimize it or whatever. Or maybe it's the other side. The kid Mm -hmm. just is too angry or withdraws or whatever. What advice do you have for a parent who's like, we are just struggling with communication? I would say number one is it's time to focus on the positive aspects of the relationship first. Let's set aside some quality one-on-one time and spend some time just together. Let's not worry about the problems necessarily. We can focus on problems all day long, but let's focus on the relationship first and let's just spend some good quality time together. That in and of itself will help to enhance communication. I always tell parents, play with your kids one-on-one, give them your undivided attention, and really follow their lead, mm-hmm. right? If they are into video games, I'm sorry if they are, but most kids are. I can't stand them, <laughs> but they are. Play video games with them for a second. If they want to play sports outside, go outside and play with them. Follow their lead and try to see the world from their perspective for a little bit. That will help settle the intensity down and focus on the relationship and not just the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, such good advice. So do you have some advice on like some specific tactics or things that parents can do to be better at communicating with their kids? I always tell parents start with validation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like I'm beating a dead horse here. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is all about reflecting what you see, making statements. Again, you had a rough day today. You're feeling sad right now. Sometimes we have no clue why they're feeling a certain way, or, and we may not even know the feeling, but take a chance. If you're wrong, they will likely tell you. Um, but simply noticing the emotion, because that helps them feel heard and gives them that emotional vocabulary. So always, when in doubt, start with reflecting the emotion first and save everything else for afterwards. Okay, so ultimately, we want parents to have a strong bond with their kids. Uh, We know that that sets kids to have a healthy future when they are bonded and close to the people who love and take care of them. So do you have any advice or habits or routines in a home and a family that can help facilitate that strong bond and like that pattern of regular communication? 
I think it goes back to setting aside one-on-one -on -one time, yeah. whether it's, you know, making sure that you have a car ride together to communicate. Some kids communicate a lot better when they're not eyeball to eyeball. Mm -hmm. um, having some sort of ritual at the end of the day or over dinner. I know a lot of families do like, you know, the highs and lows around the dinner table. Um, and a lot of parents will do, you know, a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time at bedtime. Or I know with, for me, with my dad in the morning, he drove me to school. And so our time one-on-one -on -one with my dad was driving in the car, listening to Randy and Spiff in the morning, which was the oldie station back then. And he would drive me to school. And that was our one-on-one -on -one time together. With my mom, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom. And so we had a lot of more of that time together. But my dad, we had that special every you know, five days a week, that 20-minute drive to school. Um, so setting aside something, something that you guys can do together, taking, you know, little date nights to go get ice cream or go for a walk, walk the dog together, um, whatever you can do to spend that quality time together. Yeah. Those regular routines. And parents, I think you'll find that it fits into your life easier than you think. Like mm -hmm. you're going to walk the dog anyway, or a walk is good, healthy exercise right. anyway. <laughs> so making the regular routine that a kid goes with you every time. Um, I love the riding in the car thing. Mm -hmm. My dad used to take me to school too. And we had a lot of funny and great conversations uh, riding in the car together. So finding those times, sometimes you can fit them into your natural rhythm of your every day. And sometimes you just carve them out and put them right. on your schedule. And, and plan for them so that you have that time together. And I find that if you have to try to wait, wait, wait to squeeze it in, uh -huh. schedule it and yeah. keep it consistent. Yeah. If it's all over the map, you're going to forget to do it. Yeah. But if it's same day, same time, you're much more likely to get into that routine. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, another thing that I did with my kids that I paid off later, someone else gave me the idea, was to occasionally take them on just little trips with just me. Mm. So like, as they kind of moved, especially into adolescence, like a weekend away, even if I had like a work trip, take them and add a day onto it, right. or just spend the night in a hotel locally and do something fun. But a lot of great conversations came out of that like focused extended time yes. just with them. So oh, yeah. now what should a parent do if they feel concern about what is coming up in the conversation or they feel alarmed or you know their child shares something that really worries them or they maybe are seeing a negative pattern in their child do you have advice for that I think you have to trust your intuition as a parent mm -hmm. if you feel like there is something deeper going on than yeah. just sort of that I don't want to minimize the everyday stress that a child may go through yeah. but if you feel like it's still just like you know they're stressed over, you know, having a lot of homework. Um, if it feels more than that, trust your intuition. You know, you can always talk to your child's school counselor. You can seek out professional counselor, you know, whatever it is. But always tell me, trust your intuition. If you feel like something is off, mm -hmm. it never hurts to reach out, whether it's to your pediatrician or to a friend, and just sort of walk through some of that um, to give you some, some feedback on whether what you're doing is the right thing or if you need to pursue something, you know, a bit more. Are there any red flags that you would tell a parent like, okay, like if you kind of get into this zone of communication or you hear this from your child, this should be kind of a red flag to you? You know, to me with children, the red flags are less about what they say and more about what they do. Yeah. Behavior is everything, right? So children don't, don't tell us what's going on. They often show us. Right. So if you're seeing um, out-of-character changes in behavior, 
right? Are they withdrawing from their friends all of a sudden? Were they sleeping great, but now they have a hard time falling asleep? Are they waking up with nightmares? Are their grades dropping? Were they super verbose, and now all of a sudden they're silent? You know, it's looking for those out-of-character out of changes in behavior that persist. That's, that's more of a red flag of, okay, there's something else going on here that I need to look into. They're going to show us more than they're going to tell us. That's so true. Uh, okay, so I know that you have attended North Point for a really long time and been a part of our community. And when you think about supporting kids and guiding kids, what role do you feel like faith plays in a child's development? I, for me, it plays a huge role mm -hmm. in their development. And a lot of it stems from parents modeling their faith mm -hmm. to their children, not just talking about it, but living it right? Getting children involved in, you know, what, I mean, if they're here at North Point, Wombaland, Upstreet, Transit, um, and so on. I know there's more. <laughs> um, I was always an Upstreet volunteer, so Upstreet's where my head goes. Um, but yeah, I think it's getting them involved and most, most importantly, living the faith yourself. Because at the end of the day, especially when they're elementary and under, parents are the number one role model. Yeah. That is so true. So what are things that we can do to help our kids like grow in their faith or gain comfort from their relationship with God? Whether it's, you know, praying together as a family, attending church together as a family, like I said, doing those highs and lows at dinner time and kind of relating. You can always relate anything back mm -hmm. to faith. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it's modeling mm -hmm. that faith yourself. If our children see us you know, reading our Bibles every single day, praying at night or praying just in general, yeah. whether it's at the dinner table or before bed or first thing in the morning, yeah. if they see us engaging like that, they are much more likely to engage themselves. Every child's a little bit different in terms of kind of when that spiritual maturity begins to mm -hmm. kick in. Some kids hit it really early. Other kids, it, it doesn't happen until much later. But allowing that natural development to happen as well, and just, as long as it's being modeled, that's the best thing you can do. Parents, I think that is so true. Like whatever you can do when you're walking through a hard time or everything's not going well, to model for your child that you believe God's with you, that you are choosing to follow Jesus with your life, even when it's not all making sense, uh, when you are navigating things that are difficult and they see you praying and they see you relying on God, that kind of modeling really sets your child up to uh, know what it looks like to follow Jesus with their life. And so it helps them rely on their faith in a more meaningful way. So thank you, Aaron, so much for joining us. I feel like there is a ton of great, helpful information, great advice. Uh, I feel like parents, if you just walk away and write down one or two things that you're going to try this week, uh, try reflecting those feelings back to them, try to listen with your eyes and your ears, all of those things, I feel like you will take some giant steps into healthy communication with your child. So thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you parents for listening today and I hope you have a great week.